Jack, you said you had a long Monday, huh? Long day I did. at work. Long, busy day. Well, it's a good day though. Productive. Good day? Okay, that's Productive. Good. That's good. At least you're upbeat about it. What I'd I was rather say, be really busy than not have anything to do. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And I actually don't think Monday is the worst day to be busy, to be totally honest with you. No, it's great. I think I'd rather have a busy Monday than a busy Friday. Definitely. 100%. You just well, get was, thrown into it, and it's yeah, the worst week. You just and go. And you, yeah, get ready. It's the week moving faster, too. Agreed. I was going to say to you, if it was a bad day, that it could have been worse. And you know why? Because <laughs> the Lions won on Sunday again, that's baby. That's right. Hey, that's five. That's, that's five. five. <laughs> that's five, <laughs> boys. Come yeah, on. That's five. If you guys are not following Dan Campbell and the Lions on Instagram, that's content you need to be looking at every week. That'll get yeah. you so fired up for your so Monday. Jacked. If you're not up for Monday, you watch Dan Campbell's post-game Lions win speech, you'll be ready for your week. Yes. Guaranteed. So jacked. Whether you're a Lions fan or not. I guess if you're the losing teams fan, like if you're a Buccaneers fan, I mean, fan, if you're just a don't fan of that, motivation, yes, like you watch, watch it. Yeah. Although I do have a bone to pick with Eagles fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, that is because I picked them in Survivor and they lost to the Jets, so that stunk. Yikes. Bigger things at play. Wiffle ball, of course, is our bread and butter. We love to sprinkle our NFL here in the beginning of these podcasts. But what a series. One for the ages. The ALDS between the Preds and the Wildcats. We're going to break the whole thing down for you guys. We'll get Ryan Cratched on the phone as well to hear his two cents about the series. And uh, going to give you guys some good stats. Play a little fact or fiction. Comment of the week. Fun fact. All that good stuff. And uh, without further ado, this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. And what a series, folks. What an absolute battle. Always is. Wildcats, Preds. But I mean, the Preds have kind of dominated that one as of late. So I didn't expect it to be that close. I was hoping it would be, but that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I don't know. I mean, they have dominated like as far as their wins, but I feel like the Wildcats... Postseason's just, a little different. The postseason's last year they just, different. Last year yeah. they just crushed them. Yeah, last year it was true. no contest. Uh, it was pure Preds from start to finish, two-game sweep. And this year the Cats definitely had, I think, a little bit of an extra chip on their shoulder. They definitely um, did. I knew they'd come out a little feisty. I could see it in them. Um, like I said, they actually wanted, or at least Kyle, actually wanted to play the Preds, despite how bad they have been against them in recent history. Mm-hmm. He wanted the Preds. So well, it's kind of like we talked about uh, last podcast with uh, Dallas, you know, re- pitching to Jimmy, right? He wanted mm-hmm. to be the one to yeah. defeat him. I, I think Kyle's probably taken a similar mindset in that he didn't want he didn't want to have the back doorway, mm-hmm. you know, to the World Series. Like he wanted to have to go through the Predators. So yeah, I respect that. I respect that a lot. But um, yeah, just an absolute incredible series from start to finish. Uh, we've never had a postseason series where every single game ended in a walk-off home run before. Not sure we ever will wow. again. I mean, dude, that's that's kind of surprising. You can't I mean, script it, it, that. You really can't script well, that. Well, I guess yeah, walk-off, yeah, walk-off home run. Yeah, is yeah, that is that's pretty incredible. That's very incredible, dude. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Three different players too. Yeah, Warda, Liam, Ryan. So just. Unbelievable series from start to finish. Uh, we'll break it all down for you guys today, give our opinions on it, and then Ryan Cratch will jump on the line as well, and we'll give him a quick interview. We'll put him on the line. and then, the line. Yeah, we'll put him on the line, and he'll get on here. So let's get into game one. All right. You ready? Is, yep. it, is that too quick? Or are we good? Let's do it. Let's do it. Break okay, it down. Game one. So Schultz versus Cratch on the mound. Yep. Kyle did not start the first game against the Preds in the regular season, so I wasn't quite sure he would be the one to start, but I think he they did get swept in the regular season by the Preds. Mm-hmm. So I think he just wanted to take the ball into his own hands. 
He was out there grinding. He practiced a little bit beforehand, mixed in some different pitches, some different arm slots, trying to impersonate a guy like Ryan, a guy like Jimmy. So uh, he pitched well. Yeah, I think um, similar to, again, similar to what we talked about last podcast with Jimmy putting himself back out on the mound again. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, I feel like, has just been around for so long. It's probably probably tough for him in this situation, like knowing so what's at stake to not go out there and – because he feels like he has what it takes to win, and yeah. I mean, ultimately he He's did, gamer. other than other than one swing. So, um, obviously, didn't get a ton of help from his offense in that game. But correct, uh, yeah, he 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 wanted to put himself out there. So. Yeah, I think he really wanted this one. And uh, speaking of offense and not getting any help though, but I will say, starting right off the bat, lead off at bat, um, Kyle really had a great day at the plate. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you guys about it. You may have noticed it. You may have not. Um, it was It's apparent if you're looking for it. But if you're not looking for it, you might not have noticed. But Kyle did really change his approach I could as tell. a hitter. You tell with his series. elbow. Yeah. Yeah. So he really had his hands kind of out over the heart of the plate, very much like Jordan Robles does. Mm-hmm. And I think he was studying Robles and looking at just how quickly Jordan can get to the ball. Yes. And I think he watched some film back and just realized how long all of the Wildcats' swings were and why they were swinging and missing so much. So that was a change he made a couple weeks before this series was played, a week or two, and they had a couple practices as a team. And I think he actually encouraged their entire roster to do that. They mm-hmm. pract- the four that were there that day um, practiced together, and I think he wanted everyone to kind of make that change to really just get the bat in a position to just get quick to the ball, just put balls in play and put pressure on the Preds' defense. So yeah, he did a great job. He had a really I mean, good series, and like I said, he left the game with a single, and I was like, oh, maybe he's going to go off today because I could tell his approach, and he looked very confident, I could tell. It was like clockwork. Yeah. It was like every time he went up there, it was like, eh, mm-hmm. blooper over to third, I'll take my base, single. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense. They they all, you know, with maybe the exception of Kyle and and Liam. Liam is generally, I would say, pretty pretty quick to the ball with oh, his yeah. swing, and we'll obviously get to him later. But um, Jackson and, and Nick especially kind of have uh, – I guess longer swings, yeah. you could say. Like they got some power swings. They got some power swings. You know, they they both kind of have that sort of sliding footwork. I guess I don't really know what to call that, <laughs> but it's like you know, Rudy does it. I guess the baseball players seem to kind of do it a lot. A um, little bit more foot movement, where that movement where their the back half. foot kind of slides and and they're really swinging power through. So it makes sense that they tried to make that adjustment. I I definitely tried to make that adjustment in the second half of the year, and I mm-hmm. I think it helped me. So. Um, sometimes when you're in a little bit of a slump using that thought process of like short to the ball, um, can kind of help when pitches are getting on you a little bit. So. Yeah. So it really paid off for Kyle. A couple hits in that first game, including a home run. His home run tied the game at one to one because Russell got, <laughs> he got into one. We're just classic, <laughs> classic ran, random bomb from Russ. Well, dude, like I said, I told you guys the Preds are a mental team and Russell and Ward are just so confident. Specifically, those two are the mental guys when it comes to wiffle ball because they have no baseball background. They have nothing. Right. All they know is wiffle ball. Right. And those two are up and down. They're up and down. And those two are up when it comes to Kyle just going into the game. So in that first inning, Russell Homeward and then Ward singled right off the bat. And I was yep. like, these are the Preds that the Wildcats hate. Yeah. When those guys are supporting, man, it, yeah. it's a tough team. It is. To That's why Jim said they're dangerous. I mean, we all said that team. because we knew that once they're in, when that team gets momentum building, they're just, they're tough outs, that whole lineup. I mean, especially you, with Rudy starting to get a little warmer coming into the series. It, it's, it's really impressive. Like what Kyle has been able to do this year um, against the Wildcats for sure. But, and he's obviously the heart of that team, but at the same time, it's like Russell and Ward to kind of control 
ultimately what that team does. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like their performance really dictates like their full confidence because it's like Russell, if Russell's not having a good day or Alex not having a good day and they don't have their energy up, like it, it, it shows for sure. Yeah. And, and Cratch's play can only go so far. So those guys, like when they're firing, very lethal team, very, very team. lethal. Lethal is a good word. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, the Preds did win this one walk-off home run from Morda. Once again, just so confident against Kyle. Uh, he got under a riser there, I think, in the bottom of the third. And it was kind of a no-doubter off the bat. I wasn't sure at first if it had the distance. I knew he hit it hard enough, but yeah. it carried on out of there. So I, I would want to uh, – I wish, like, I could just ask Kyle why he even threw oh. that pitch to Warda because in my very uh, – very knowledgeable and experienced pitching background. Um, I wouldn't just never throw that pitch to Alec because it's like I feel like all of Alec's home runs yeah. off of Kyle have come from that literally that exact same pitch. I think and sometimes he's seen you can it almost so many times. Sometimes you can almost psych yourself out of like doing what you shouldn't do. It's like okay, I've thrown so many drop balls, I better mix in a riser there. But maybe the whole time he was just waiting for the riser. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. I mean, Alec knows that. Alec knows he yeah. likes that pitch. So I think we literally can. had him one year. Kyle in the home run derby came out and was like throwing risers yeah. to Alec. Do you remember that? Because <laughs> yeah, it's I like that's that. all he could hit. But so yeah, Warda does Warda gets a homer off Kyle. Russell and Warda are the two sluggers of the day. But uh, Ryan overall threw well. The one homer to Kyle. Kyle hit well. Credit to Schultz, though, on the mound, he held Cratch to 0 for 3. Ryan was yeah. hitless in the first game. Very tough to do. So, once again, the Preds. Especially when they... You know Ryan will throw good. Yeah. And usually he'll hit good, too, but when he has help from his other guys. But for him, but but for Kyle to put that graphic and those stats before the game mm-hmm. of Ryan's success against the Wildcats in how whatever many of the last series yeah. it's been that he took those stats from and mm-hmm. then to go 0 for 3, that's huge. Yeah, I was impressed, and I kind of knew, like I said, coming into it, I had a feeling Kyle was going to play really well just because he seemed, just like how I mentioned, uh, I think it was in our Philadelphia podcast when I was up north in my red, white, red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. We were doing it remotely, and I mentioned how I made some small adjustment at the end of a practice before the Philly series, and that just gave me like a mental, like, oh, I think that was the problem. Yeah, Maybe it wasn't, but just like the fact that I thought I figured it out gives you confidence. Definitely. And I think Kyle making that change with his hands was the same way, and I could kind of tell he like, he knew he had it figured out. For sure, yeah. So I kind of knew he'd do well at the plate. Pitching was impressive. He got really crafty. He mixed in a lot of underhand stuff, a lot of overhand stuff. He was changing his timing. He was mixing in uh, like a two-seam fastball, which I've never seen him do before. So hmm. he, it wasn't, not saying it was fantastic, but just even showing that can sometimes right. get in guys' minds a little bit. So it was an impressive performance for sure. Yeah. It's unfortunate they lost that first game because I think that really was kind of the difference in hindsight, you know. Yeah. As he, he threw well enough to win. And uh, he had to put a good swing on a ball. Unfortunately, there was nobody on base for him. So right. Yeah. Is what it is. But let's move right along into game two now. Schultz threw well, but they do turn to Pearson in game two. I think I like that move. I do too. I think um, I don't even know if you could really say one way or the other who's been their ace this year. I'd have to look at the yeah. stats for who's pitched more games. I, I, guess, I would probably guess it's it's. I don't even know, actually. It might be pretty close because I feel like Pearson's gone a number of we'll games. We'll pop up so you guys can see. It had to be pretty comparable. I'm sure different guys led different categories right. than those two. But yeah. like strikeouts, walks, ERA, whip, that kind of thing. And Pearson's, so I'll pop it up. Pearson's had an up and down year, but I think he's really like put in a lot of a lot of work into his arsenal and just mm-hmm. like his consistency. Um and I, I like the move too. I like the move too from Kyle. 
Yeah, I think it was smart, and uh, Pearson did throw well. It went to extra 0-0. So Ryan's still dominating. Pearson throwing really well. Russell and Warda looked totally lost against Pearson. Yeah, they compared did. Compared to Kyle. Yeah. So much more comfortable seeing Kyle. Yeah, they. I mean, they've seen him so much more. Mm-hmm. Pearson's got this... Um, the, it's, it's just interesting how many different versions of a similar type of pitch like there are in this I league. Like his favorite type of pitcher to face. His, his, his straight drop ball that, I mean, it really just looks like it's just going to like drop into the zone and, mm-hmm. it, and it drops so late. And that got Russell and, and I think Warda too, like a fair amount of times. And that's a pitch like that would get me too. I feel like I've swung at those a lot too. Like yeah. those ones are tough to lay off. Cause you mm-hmm. also saw him strike out a couple of people looking where it's like, it pings the bottom pipe. Yep. Like the, yeah, he drops just it nicks it. Yeah. He, uh, I faced him earlier this season and I did not have a lot of success at all. And like you said, how he's just, he has a different variation of that drop ball, even though other guys have it. Mm-hmm. His is different. His two was just inconsistent. It was almost like he didn't know where it was going. Right. Effectively wild type thing. So I was just, I could how are not you supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, he wasn't throwing me any slider. So I couldn't sit slider. And I was trying to sit on this drop ball, but like I would swing at a miss at a pitch that like all of a sudden dipped outside. And then I'd think the same thing was coming again with two strikes and it would just drop straight into the zone. And I'm like, yep. it's just really hard for me to time. So I could see why those two struggled, but Ryan did put some bat on the ball. But of course, the headline of game two. Extra innings, we go to the bottom of the fourth in a 0-0 ball game. And interesting how this played out. So you guys might not remember this. People are going to remember the Liam home run, of course. But prior to that, the at-bat prior was Jackson Pearson up with two outs. He hits a little dribbler. I don't know if you remember this, Jack. There was a dribbler hit to the right side, the at-bat before, mm-hmm. that Russell or that Warda had a shot at at first base. He was mm-hmm. one of those plays where pretty much he feels it cleanly. He's stepping on the bag. Innings over. We're going to the fifth. Yeah. But he started moving his feet before he made the play. Ball ended up rolling past him in right field. Extends the inning to Liam. And then the very next pitch is the Liam little jam yeah, shot off the foul pole. Mayhem at the Meadows. Great call. Uh, that, well, so I wanted to talk about this because... I cannot remember when it was, Jack. It was early this season when we were talking about announcing. It may have even been in the off season when we had Kyle on the show mm-hmm. talking about like, do you premeditate calls? Do you yeah, I remember that. Calls? Well, and I said on that show, like, I do have a call that I think would be sick in the right moment, and it was the mayhem at the Meadows that was the call? saying. But I wasn't like I had that ready for Liam's home run. Like that was the first pitch of the at bat. I hadn't even like premeditated any sort of hype call if it would be a home run. It just like, you know, it hit me. Like I should say it right now. Mm-hmm. So it came out smooth. One taked it, but. Yeah, I think that was pretty electric. Wow, Felt so that was, so the, happy that was the first pitch of the at-bat? I think so, yeah. Dang, man. Just that was the most, uh, that was like such a Liam Jackson home run for just like the jam shot right off mm-hmm. the foul pole. But he's Dude, just, so he just sick. gets it done, man. He gets it, it done. so sick. I was so, because balls like that, that don't really have that sound off the bat, they're sort of just flares into the outfield. I thought it was going to be foul. I couldn't tell. I thought it might be caught. And I just saw a dink, and I'm like, oh, my God, the game's so, over. So like, perfectly. Yeah, dink. so electric. And uh, just so happy for Liam. Not a better guy it could have happened to, I feel like. I he's think been putting so in his too. time. He's been coming out to the Meadows this year. He lives far away now, commuting up from Ohio. Um, you know, hitting in that four spot in the lineup, kind of battling with Ty for that four spot. And for him to get a home run in a postseason game, an elimination game at that, Yeah, just how electric. I mean, I'll, I will say, obviously, uh, having known Liam and, and having played with him, it was, it was, I, I was really happy to see him do that and, and perform that way because, mm-hmm. um, ultimately, you know, it wasn't his, it wasn't his, his play or, or, or anything really that, you know, caused us 
being the magic to move on from him. It was really just what we needed at that mm-hmm. time. And, and the trade makes sense, made sense for us at the time um, to, to go through with that. And again, like it was, it was nothing against Liam. And I think this, this series showed why Kyle, I mean, I think he even put the clip in there. Like it, some, like the quote was like, that's, that's why you're on yeah. the cats or something like that. Like this is exactly why, Kyle went out and got Liam, arguably uh, the best four man guy in the lineup. Definitely, have definitely to have to run those numbies, but yeah, um, I, his I, average is 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 up there this year. He's definitely an OBP guy. He'll get on base for you, and he'll yeah. grind out abs. You know, he's not a guy that mentally will get down and just be striking out and like auto out type guy. Yeah, even if he is striking out, he's a guy who will give you his best, and he'll go pitch by pitch, and he'll really take each at bat very seriously. I'll say this: I'm not going to say that like oh. Liam's a better player than RJ because that's kind of what the trade ended up being. Yeah. RJ turned out so good. I mean, you guys, I'd say, won the trade. Obje- I mean, they're objective- totally different Objectively players. speaking, you guys won the trade. I objective? would say so. Right? Does that mean non-bias? Yeah. Okay. Objective? Objective would be the opposite of subjective. Subjective which would mean is that my opinion. Be, yeah. Okay, good. I used it right. Yeah. All right. That's your vocab lesson for the week, guys. Objective <laughs> is non-bias. So, objectively, you guys won the trade. RJ's been phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Not saying Liam's RJ, but it was very poetic for Liam to step up in the playoffs and hit a home run. Just just to kind of silence people that have been talking bad about that trade and maybe saying Liam's wash, shouldn't be playing, whatever, whatever. I haven't seen too much stuff there. I'm not really hunting for it either, but I'm sure there's been some Cats fans like, we could have RJ, we could have RJ type thing. Yeah. So very happy for Liam, and I hope the Cats fans appreciated that moment and experienced it as electric as it actually was in person because that was cool. I mean, I think, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Um if RJ was on the Wildcats, would the Wildcats be a better team than they are now? I think probably. Mm-hmm. But um I don't know. It's like Like I said, I, I gave you my thoughts. It's difficult because RJ was not expected to no, do what he's done this year. That's you why know? I went number three and not number one. But. Yeah, he he was not expected to do that and, and has outperformed uh which is incredible. So I mean, if if RJ came in and was a solid number two, I could arm, have RJ. I could have got him at number two. Yeah, I took Preston as the young guy. I could have been RJ. I love you, Preston. Not talking yeah. bad about you, but I'm just saying that just shows you like anything can happen. But like the hypothetical of you know if he was like a solid average number two arm. Yeah. Uh, no. Would, would not, you say that like we won the trade? It'd probably be. Pretty I would say even. you won the trade, Jack. Now, but I'm saying like if he was. Oh, if he what was, we like would have expected. Oh, you know what oh, I'm oh, saying? Oh. Like it, like um, with how Liam has performed this year. Well, if RJ was more of an average pitcher, number number kind of yeah, our number so two I guy, I feel like it's it's pretty even. Pretty even because I think Kyle was banking on and knowing that Jackson threw pretty good last year in his limited opportunities, and that Jackson wanted to get more involved in the pitching game. Right. So that's why he didn't want the arm. Right. He didn't. Yeah, because that would ultimately yeah. mean that he, he probably wouldn't, wouldn't be take, used. Yeah. yeah I don't think. Pitch. To be honest, if the Cats did draft RJ, I'm not sure RJ would have got that much playing time this year, which is crazy because now he's like yeah. the ace of the league. But I'm just talk, telling you how That's it is. That's true. Like it's you needed, true, the, yeah. you needed a number two pitcher, so and now he's your number one. Like just things happen. So yeah. Anyways, hindsight of the story or moral of the story, I should say, is Liam. Round of applause Happy for you, for sir. You. Awesome for moment. You. Uh, did a little bit of digging. I know, like I said, the stats on MLW aren't like I could, one Google search away. I had to do a little bit of digging, but. <laughs> I believe that was Liam's first home run since June 30th of 2021. That was against the Gators. So 795 days had passed Wow! since the last Liam Jackson home run. And on top of that, 
That was the Wildcats' first win against the Preds since Game 2 of last year's regular season matchup against them. So they had lost seven in a row up until that point. That's crazy, and how'd they break man. that seven-game losing streak against the Preds with a guy who hadn't homered in almost three years in the calendar going yard? I mean, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's why you play that's, the games, folks. That is why you play the games. That's why you play the games. But we should we should also give uh give a nod to to Pearson. The two Jacksons combined for Jackson and Jackson. A heck of a game. It's confusing as an announcer too, because I'm very saying, confusing. I was, I, you guys are probably like, who's he talking about? But, you should you should put the outtake in there of what happened. What oh, happened me and you. Yeah. Podcast. Well, yeah. I, I will. I'll pop it up it right was, now. It was bad. Russell and Warner look lost against against Jackson. What do you mean? Oh, against oh against Jackson Pearson. Yeah. Yes. I, every time the Wildcats are so, so yeah, confusing. That, can, with let's back that up. <laughs> <laughs> he had nine Ks. Yeah, nine Ks. That's pretty impressive. Pearson. Yeah, four innings pitch, two hits, one walk, nine Ks. Great stat line. And uh, just like I said, that it would have been him pitching, not RJ. He was mm. the number two guy, and he just stepped up to the plate. Well, stepped to the to the mound, I should say, mm-hmm. and delivered in an elimination game, playoffs, one an outing for Pearson. A yeah. great win for the Cats. Like I said, broke the losing streak, sends it to a game three. Liam steps up. Pearson plays awesome. Like what? A, what a team win. Love it. Yeah. What free a wiffle win. ball. Get some free wiffle ball. Absolutely, some free wiffle ball. Game three, mm. winner take all. Second week in a row. You just love it. You love it so much for the league, for the video, for the, for the league. You do. Great I mean, for the brand. It's great for the brand. We it can't, is great we, for the we brand. We joke it's scripted. It's not scripted, but of course, me and Kyle are always rooting for game threes. I mean, yes. yeah, you have to. You have to. So much better for the video and for the. It's the so content. lame when you get to the end of the video. And it it's is. Just it's just me and Jack talking like, oh, these two again. I oh my gosh, they're right putting now. the pipe it up podcast. Oh, they're plugging the back pod. in. It's so bad. Brutal. Brutal. So. Game three, not Jack and I talking. It's game nope. three, extra whiffs, free whiffs. Pearson, back to the bump. Do you like the move? Yes. You do? I do like it. I mean, we just talked about it. He got the he got the win in game two. Um, two hits and a walk. Other than that, was was pretty flawless. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think it makes sense to go back with him, back to him. Um, I think, you like you said before, you could have made the argument to go with him game one, and ultimately Kyle wanted to go to himself. So I think it makes sense going back with back to him. I think so too. I think just because of how well Warda and Russell were seeing Kyle and have seen Kyle. Yeah. Those two had really no confidence against Pearson. They looked pretty lost. Even Rudy looked lost. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much just Pearson versus Ryan. He was cruising the rest of the way. So keep that in mind. Little, little, uh, what's that called? Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've been in school. Holy moly. Okay. So speaking of foreshadowing, first at bat, Ryan cratched. Lead off solo home run in the bottom of the first. Yeah. So, at this point, Cratched was now 3-for-4 against Jackson, including that home run on the day. Everyone else in the squad was a combined 0-for-11. <laughs> so, only Ryan was hitting the ball right now against Jackson. This is a duel. And he was doing it well. This is a duel. Nobody else was contributing. Keep that in mind. Now, I also wanted to note from this game, before we get into the drama late, that in the second inning of this game, Liam Jackson walked. And uh, that was Ryan's first walk of the series. So this is inning number eight for him. No, inning number nine because it was extra innings. It's crazy. He had faced 31 batters up to that point and had not walked a guy yet. And I don't have the averages on like how many batters per walk there is in this league or walks per batter in this league, but I'll tell you right now, it ain't 31. No, <laughs> like, definitely is That's not. crazy. No way. He was just going right at guys. So I wanted to point that out to you all as well. And it also is important to this third inning rally. So Preds lead the game 1-0 going into the third, Jack. Mm-hmm. Kyle gets a leadoff single, and then Saylor and Pearson both get out. So the Preds are one out away. Yep. It's one nothing. Kyle's on second base, two outs, and it's Liam up to bat again. And this was, folks, one of the more 
uh, probably will be one of the more critical yet forgotten at-bats in the recent history of MLW, in my opinion. Because he was down to his last strike, mm-hmm. consist, con, or a considerable amount of pitches. It was 0-2 against Liam. Kyle showed the whole at-bat in the video, which I was happy he did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in my head, I'm ready to make my call. Like, Preds win it, they win the series, moving on, blah, blah, blah. And then Liam just battles. Yes. <laughs> battles all the way back to walk. And I was in disbelief behind the camera. I could not believe that Ryan, no offense to Ryan, but I just couldn't believe he couldn't, he couldn't get him out. Yeah. Just based on Liam's season, his day, I was like 0-2 and, and Liam battles back for a walk. And, that, and I just could not believe that. It befuddled me. It really did. I mean, especially, again. especially after like what you said, how it took him all the way to the 31st. That's what I'm saying. So that was only the second walk. walk of the day at that point. And then uh, it gets back up to the top of the order, which is huge. Kyle does what he does best. Another single, second of the inning. And then in that bat for Kyle, too, he was down to his last strike as well. It went to a full count. So between Liam and Kyle, there were seven different pitches that came to the plate that could have been the strikeout pitch against the Cats. It was five to Liam and two to Kyle, which is wild. Jeez. They were down to their last strike seven different times. Uh, seven different pitches, I should say. Seven, that's seven different at-bats. But anyways, wild. That loads the bases, and then Sailor walks to tie it. So mm-hmm. Ryan, who hadn't walked a guy all day, has now walked three batters in two innings, and it allows the Cats to sneak back in. So I guess in this, when I was watching this, my what I was wondering, I guess my question, and maybe we'll get Cratch's uh, feedback on this when he, when he joins us later, but do you think this inning... The activity in this inning was a, a product of the cats just having better at bats, or was Cratch like kind of starting to slip in that inning a little bit with his with his accuracy? I guess I think there's probably some fatigue involved. We should ask yeah. him, but I know it was just wiffle ball. I know there were some comments discussing about this, how like how tired you actually get. Like, how does this guy throw so many innings? People are like, oh, they're only throwing seven miles per hour. It's thirty eight feet away. It ain't that bad. But just doing that motion for. What is he in now? His like tenth inning of the day pitching. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of it's a lot of pitches. Yeah, it's a lot of pitches. So even though maybe you're not physically feeling it, your body is feeling it. Like your legs are getting a little tired. You're exhausted. Probably a little bit hungry, dehydrated. These things are affecting you. So I'd like to say that that especially because that Cratch like he doesn't train like at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not at all. Kid just sits <laughs> on the couch all day for sure. Um, but so I like to think those things played a factor as well as. You know, in baseball, when you're the pitcher, especially in the major leagues, of course, you're typically, unless your name's Shohei Otani, like between innings, you're sitting down, you're getting, you're putting your jacket on, you're getting a breather, getting some water, and yeah, like MLW, we're playing fast paced. Yeah. And Ryan's in the batting order, and he's on base a lot. So, like, he's not really sitting down and taking a break in between innings. He's playing, you know, we're going on two and a half, three hours here, wiffle ball, and he's just going nonstop. So, I think probably the body fatigue played a factor in him getting a little wild there late in the game. Okay. I will say behind the camera, I fully expected then for the Wildcats to take the lead. I, w- I was surprised that he got out of the jam. Yeah, tie game. I did too. Props to him. I did too. So, one-to-one one was the score, then heading to the bottom of the third. Preds had a chance to walk it off. They didn't. Pearson stays in, closes out that inning, sends it to extra innings. Cats don't score on top of the fourth, and then bottom of the fourth. Ryan Cratch takes care of business, hits the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute shot to center field. All of his home runs were hard hit. All of his hits were hard hit, I should say, too. And... The the discussion for the cats for Cats Nation and for everybody watching is should he have been walked here? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, it's tough because I think the competitor in me would uh, relate to the competitor in Jackson and would say 
Why would we not throw to him? Uh, we can get him out. And then on the other side, the statistician in me and the realist in me would say, why in the world would we throw to this guy mm-hmm. when it seems like he, I can't get him out. Yeah, I can, I can get everyone else out, but I can't get him out. Um, I'm with you. So ultimately, I feel like if I had to, if I had to pick, um, I don't know what I would have done in the situation, but I feel like you could probably make a better case to walk him. Yeah, I in think that you situation, could. I think you could. I will say that in the moment, I didn't have these numbers in front of me, nor was I really aware of it behind the camera. But this is why having a guy like Matt, for example, on my sideline is kind of helpful because he might be paying attention to these sort of things. But I mentioned to you guys that after the Cratch home run, he was, whatever, 3 for 4, and the rest of the team was 0 for 11. Mm -hmm. So prior to this at-bat now, this is bottom 4, extra innings, game 3, season on the line, series on the line. Um, The stats were Cratch was now 5 for 6 against Pearson with 2 walks on the day. The rest of the squad was 1 for 22. Yeah. Knowing that, and had Pearson known that, had Kyle known that, maybe they did, I doubt it. I think he probably would have been walked. Yeah. But those numbers aren't in front of you. You don't have a coaching staff out there with you. You don't have the stats no. in front of you. They could have asked Mr. Schultz and he could have maybe tallied something up really quick. I don't even recall seeing a discussion. I was going to ask Kyle today and I forgot, but with nobody on, it just seems stupid to walk a guy. Mm-hmm. But it's wiffle ball. It's not baseball. And with numbers like that, where the other three guys were one for 22 against Pearson. I think the bigger case for this situation is just the fact that they already had an out. And you'd like to think that with the rest of the team get two out of struggling that you could get two out of three. Yeah. I mean, between those three guys, um, but maybe they felt differently. I mean, the stats are, the stats are one thing and you know, the final, the final pitch um, that makes the video is one thing, but maybe Pearson just felt like, you know, Rudy was seeing him good too. Like Rudy, yeah, was, Rudy had that big, like foul off that long strike. Um, that was off Jackson, I think, too, right? Yeah, it was. I forget if that was game two or three, but I mean, maybe he just felt like it didn't matter that he was going to have to uh, he was going to have to beat Cratch at some point anyway. So I respect it. I respect it too. I, I mean, I respect it. It's it's. I feel like it's easier to lose that way than yeah. You walking, you putting a guy on, and then somehow that ends up coming back to bite you. Yeah, I, I think that's it, true. That's I, true. Hindsight's you know. always twenty twenty. The competitor in me and the athlete in me loves what Pearson did, but the manager in me and the guy who wants to hold the trophy at the end of the year thinks he should have been walked. Yeah. Just calling it how I it's see tough. it. It's tough. Just my opinion. Not saying it's correct. I'm just... Yeah. Objectively speaking, I think he should have been walked. <laughs> <laughs> but with the information you know now. With the information I have in front of me after my 30 minutes of bomb. research today. Yeah. Yes, I do believe that Ryan Crash <laughs> should have been walked. Does Cats Nation agree with me? I bet you there's a split amongst that fan base. I'm not really sure. I saw yeah. some comments about it, like I said. But that homer, that moment, just tops off an incredible series. Um, I've seen a lot of wiffle ball. I've seen a lot of great series. The 2021 World Series comes to mind. But I'm not sure we've had a better best of three ever. I'm just being honest. I, I mean, I don't know all of them off the back of my hand. I would love for the fans to chime in on that um, in the comment section of the YouTube video here or on Spotify too. But I can't remember a better three-game series in this league in terms of a playoff series ever. Yeah, the walk-offs. The pitching, um, dramatic at bats, dramatic at bats, some good defensive plays. Um, it was it was 
it was all you could ask for in an MLW postseason. It really series. is, man. I mean, me and Kyle look at each other sometimes and laugh when like these series are wrapped up and it's been a few days. Like, dude, we get so lucky sometimes with the amount of like the content that gets created because that's just sports, though, right? Right. And when you put it when you put together a league with this much parity and there's so much heart and passion behind it and the relationships amongst the players, like it just creates really good games. Yeah. And I think it's it shows through on the camera. It did. It did for sure in this video. So I'll give you guys a couple more stats here from the day. Once again, shout out to Kyle for a great day. He went seven for twelve with a bomb at the plate. Rest of the cats Dream. three for thirty. So kind of a tale of two two uh captains here. Ryan and Kyle really carried the offenses. Once again, if you guys didn't hear, it was Kyle seven for twelve with a homer. Rest of the cats go three for thirty on the day. As well as they were 0 for 10 game three besides Kyle. So nobody besides Kyle got a hit in the third game. I do. I know Sailor's a fan favorite, loved by many in the MLW community, um, but probably one of his rougher days in MLW. Uh, he was 0 for 10, struck out nine times, only got on base twice via two walks. So yeah. You so, said when you walked in today, when we weren't recording yet, how. Yeah. What'd you say? Repeat it for the fans. Yeah. I mean, what I said is, you know, obviously. Um, Nothing against Nick, and he's a great, great player. But in a series like that, like you just, you almost like count on him because you've seen him do it so many times. Mm-hmm. Like in that situation where it's such a close, close series, like you, you, you expect him to get at least one, like at least one big hit, um, whether that's like a home run or, or an RBI or something. Mm-hmm. And he just never got it. It seemed like he wasn't, it seemed like he, I don't know if it, if, if like really his approach was any different. Than, than it has been in the past, but it, he just seemed like he didn't really have his all of his confidence there in that series. But yeah, feel for him for sure because I've been there so many times. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was just there, like I said, in the end of the regular season for those yeah. two series. So I will say, though, I could tell, and afterwards, of course, I mentioned how Kyle was trying to instill that short swing in all the guys. Yeah. And I don't think Sailor really took to that advice. Not saying it was the wrong move to not, but I think he was just trying to not maybe not change anything too drastic before the playoffs, just trusting his old old yeah. liable big stroke, but it did not uh didn't produce results, unfortunately. You win some, you lose some. What can you do? Jack, little new segment here we wanted to implement from time to time. Little fact or fiction. I got a question for you. Ooh. Or a statement for you I wanted to run by you. Nick Sailor. Is this a fact or a fiction? Nick Sailor has never had a hitless series before outside of this one. Mm. He's been in the league since twenty twenty. He's been in the postseason every year since then. So you got fifteen. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that being a fact. That is a fact. He yes. has never had a hitless series before. He's had a couple one for one. He's had a cut. You're one for one. We'll keep track. Let's Add the go. tally to the board. Add the tally. Um, Come he has on. had a couple series where there was just been one hit, but he's never been blanked for a three game series. So before. what I just said fifteen seconds ago is actually statistically. True. You like to think that Nick Saylor would, would get like at least think. one because I mean, he was has a every other it was a time. Lock. It was Up a until lock. this series, it has been a lock. Mm-hmm. It has been a lock. But, yeah, hitless day for Saylor. Um, rounding off the Wildcats, Jackson Pearson, once again, a great showing on the mound. He pitched just over seven innings in the day, struck out 17, only walked three guys, two runs. Mm-hmm. Other side of the ball, crashed through over 10 innings. He pitched every inning, of course. We knew he would. Me yeah. and Jimmy joked about it. He struck out 28 guys, four walks, four runs. And at the plate, Ryan goes six for 10, two bombs. Does this put Ryan in front of the MVP race? It has to. You Man, think so? It has to, yeah. Oh, in the front, you're saying? In the front, yeah. In the front, um, 
I think I mean, he's, he's up two. there. He's, he's top, top two. two. He's definitely and I don't top know if he's two. two. I do think that we haven't seen Jordan yet in the playoffs. Yeah. So we got to give Robles a shot still. I think coming into the postseason, I would have put Robles as the front runner. Yeah. But Ryan has looked very, very good in the second half of the season and in the postseason so far. So I mean, it's, he's definitely it's, making it a race. It's tough to deny him being up there when, like, just what you said, it's like he's doing all all that he's doing at the plate, and it's also never even a doubt that he's going to go all three games on the mound, too. Yeah, he's like, a horseman. He, he is the by definition, like most valuable player. Like if the Preds did not have him, they would be You're always so bringing up screwed. the definition for me. You always remind yes. me of that. Who is the actual most valuable, Tom? So he's the most year. valuable. He's very valuable. I don't know. Robles is pretty valuable to me, Jack. He's pretty but valuable to I, me. I feel like... Is he the most valuable? I feel I like know. you're... You, I think what the Mallards would lose if they lost Robles would be not as much as the Predators hmm. if they lost Cratch. And it's so a very fair argument. That's what yeah. you made the same argument last year in regards to Norp when Norp didn't win. I think you thought you were in the category that thought Norp should have won last year. Yes. And now you're making the same argument for the guy that you think stole it from him being Ryan Cratched. Correct. Okay. I like that. Well, the Preds advanced to their second straight ALCS once again, defeating the Cats. They will play Jack's Magic in two weeks. Of course, this Friday is the NLCS. That one's Mallards versus Eagles. But now we got Ryan Cratch joining us on the phone. Let's get him in this call right now. All right, Ryan Cratch, how we doing? The man of the hour. Good job. Uh, uh, it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you too. It's good to see that muzzy of yours. What's that thing on your upper lip, man? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the what's the logic there? Why muzzy now? Uh, we're in this. It's called the Maroon and Cream World Series for uh, where I play baseball up here at Alma, and uh, just been a theme of ours to. Uh, have the the captains, the seniors, uh, grow out some muzzies for it. So that's what's going on. Okay. Okay. Now, if you make it to the World Series, you leave in the stash. MLW World Series, that is. Probably not. I think it would mess with the mojo. Okay. Okay. Just a baseball thing, not a wiffle ball thing. Yeah. Just a baseball thing, yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, Ryan, a couple questions here for you today. We'll go rapid fire. Um, I think this is rhetorical, but I want to ask you just to make sure. Was there ever a scenario here where you weren't going to pitch all three games in the series? Was there a shot McGlade would get the ball? Yeah, definitely. Um, I told him. Liar. <laughs> no, I told him going in because. Um, you, you won't. Know, Pitch him uh, against the magic. You won't. <laughs> him, and I, him and I live together. I told him, I said, you know, obviously I'm going to start and I'm going to go. But if I start to get touched up a little bit or if, you know, I go out there and I just can't find the zone, you know, I want you to be ready to go. Plus, he provides a lot of leadership on the sidelines with uh, Warda and Russell just talking approaching the, with them. So. He's a key piece to the, the process for sure. Good glue guy. Yeah, very much. Good. Morale. Do you think uh do you think we can expect a, a similar approach going into the next series against us? Yeah. I mean, um well, the first time we faced you guys, um, Steve and I both got touched up pretty well. So um it's gonna be a lot of new stuff, stuff that you guys haven't seen before. So um, you could, you could see McGlade, you could not, but I mean, we got to do something different. So maybe, well, he's not giving away anything. Mm. Well, Hey, we'll Ryan, I gotta say, be careful here. Cause Jack's no, Jack's a guy who will fish some information out of, out of you. Like he did to Trey. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, shout out, Trey. shout out Trey. We got some flack for that on the internet. Did you see that? There was some salty comment. Like, I can't believe this grown man's going to 
gonna trick this young kid into giving him yeah <laughs> they him. made me seem like a criminal i know it was like it's all good fun guys trey, trey thought it was hilarious i know he did <laughs> i he, like i saw in the clip beforehand he sent me laughing emojis and he put it on his own story i know yeah <laughs> but anyway he was a good sport about it can't please anybody can't please everybody but no um also wanted to ask you about your performance at the plate ryan you're just you're crushing the ball right now you're throwing it well of course but you're also mashing is there anything you want to give to the fans about your approach at the plate? Why are you mashing so much right now? I mean, it's nothing new, new for you, but this series, man, six for 10, two bombs, that ain't too shabby. I mean, you know, the approach uh, with the Wildcats over the years has kind of become more elaborate. You know, I've known more about them as I've gone on, obviously. So um, I faced Kyle probably over 300 times in my career now. Um, and, uh, you know, so... I know his repertoire pretty much entirely, and he knows mine. Um, and, you know, a lot of respect to Kyle and Pearson because they came out there kind of looking completely different than what I had seen before, and you kind of seen that um, in the first game of the series where I kind of struggled against Kyle. Um, but, you know, the approach with them has kind of always just been, you know, you know, let them uh, pitch to me before I, you know, before I start attacking them. So. Um, it worked out for me in the series, and uh, it's kind of something that really is just only pertains to the Wildcats. Is um, they're the probably the pitchers I know the best in the MLW. So it's like a it's like a don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes type situation. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. So so you mentioned that um, Schultz, you know, knows your arsenal really well as as you do his. What else makes him such a tough out? I mean, everything about him. Um, Kyle. Um, Kyle adapts very well, especially at the plate. Um, and com- this series compared to the past few times that I've played him was he just looked like a completely different hitter at the plate. So, you know, I mean, you guys notice like his his stance where he's far off the plate or something like that. You know, he kind of adapted that a little bit. And he's, you know, at least in my eyes, he looks a little bit closer. He understands that I'm trying to go for an outside corner pitch. So he goes and he sits with that and he tries to drive it the other way like he should. And um, I mean, Kyle is a tough out regardless but especially when you have to face him for you know what ended up being the sixth game that i had faced him this year it's tough mm-hmm. all right ryan so we obviously we, we touched a little bit on you playing uh baseball in college how how is wiffle ball you know how, do, how does it compare pitching wise like does one sort of mess mess up the other one do they complement each other um you know we were we were actually complimenting you know your training and and your endurance earlier on right. the podcast yeah, right. stamina is um, remarkable out there. Your, your stamina is really good and we know you train all the time here, but, yeah. so yeah yeah just any any comment on that i mean they don't they don't really compare um confidence wise and with i'm just a completely different player obviously you know so you're uh, not being, throwing no looks looks no, on the no, baseball God, no. diamond God, no. no i couldn't oh, i couldn't never. i thought you would have yeah i had a time one of my uh one of my coaches you just try once yeah have you ever thought about it (laughs) i i haven't and i i don't think i ever (laughs) now's the time maroon versus cream world series muzzy (laughs) no go for it i uh yeah i don't don't think i could i had i had a time i threw a pretty rough outing once here at alma and uh, my coach asked me he's like you know why don't you treat this like you treat wiffle ball like why don't you have the same confidence and i was like well that's a good punch good at baseball as i was with ball i probably wouldn't be playing here in division three so wow (laughs) wow so jabs being exchanged i I like not it's not hate no hate on the scots i mean it's all love to this game it's just right (laughs) all right all right i wanted to ask you two uh interesting question here when uh when a guy like liam takes you deep sends it to game three does that 
bother you or like tickle you the wrong way compared to a guy like Kyle or Sailor, like a traditional power hitter in this league, taking it deep or like, I mean, what do you do there? I mean, How do you feel? Definitely, I, I, all respect to Liam. He's a good hitter. I've never, I've never actually thought, you know, anything bad about him as a person and definitely as a player. He's a, he's a good, he's a good hitter and he's always been able to, you know, stay with me. So uh, when he, when he took me deep, yes, I was shocked because um, he just like hadn't been showing that in the series, at least from what I saw. So I was shocked um, at first, but you know, looking back on the series, you know, you could see he was right there at my pitches. He was staying aggressive, and the pitch I threw was a pretty good pitch, but he made a really good swing on it. And you know, he is a talented wiffle ball player. Obviously, like when Sailor takes me deep or when Kyle takes me deep, it's a little bit more expected, but it's not much different for me. Okay. So we'll get we'll get to the uh, the the walk off that you had in in game three, but I wanted to ask um, I, in the third inning, things kind of got away from you a little bit, and they were able to tie the game. Uh, would you, you know, going back to uh, the the training and the fatigue and the stamina, were you were you getting a little bit worn down there at all? It w- was that kind of the reason for letting some base runners on and and those walks starting to creep in, or, or were they just kind of like dialing in a little bit more at the plate? You know, I, I like to think it wasn't anything to do stamina fatigue wise, but it probably had a factor into it. Um, but, you know, as as the series goes on and I'm now in, I think it was like technically my 10th or 11th inning against them. Um, you know, I've given them pretty much everything I've got. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of have to start trying to paint more corners, trying to, you know, play around a little bit more. And when you try and be more, uh, you know, you try to paint, that's when you throw more balls. And that's just kind of how it is. But I think fatigue definitely had a factor into it. I mean, I know it's a wiffle ball and it's only 40 feet away, but I mean, it's still, you know, my probably my 150th pitch of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now to the walk-off. When you're in extra innings, winner-take-all game, just candidly speaking, are you going up there like, I got to go yard here? Or are you just trying to put it in play, never, get on base? Never, no. No? Yeah, I, uh, I've actually, my approach has never been to hit the ball over the fence. Okay, um, interesting. I, my approach has always kind of been to hit ground balls up the middle, um, but, uh, in I don't that, know. I see your that, swing. I kind of disagree with that, but okay. I trust you. <laughs> in, in my mind, that's what's going on. Okay. Um, in that moment, uh, coming up to the plate, I just kind of felt something different. Um, JP had been throwing, starting me with drop balls very frequently. And I knew in that spot, which, um, I've seen a lot of people talking about whether or not they should have walked me or not, but I knew in that spot everything was a little bit different. He was going to try something different. And I know that, you know, he's comfortable throwing a riser and he'd been throwing it to my other guys. So I kind of knew it was coming in a sense. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, um, in his motion, I can see his grip a little bit. I saw that grip and I kind of knew it was right there. So in that coming up to the plate, no, I was not at all trying to do that. But as soon as I saw that happening, then yes, I was, I was ready to try and hit over the fence. Okay. That's interesting. So is that the first, first pitch? I don't know, Ryan. I think so. First pitch of the at bat. Yeah, yeah. Are your then celebratory remarks and screams and flips? Is that is that pre planned or is that just from the heart? No, that just that just happens. Just I, happens. I don't. I honestly don't know what I said. I don't know. I, I was gonna trying to listen to what I was saying, but I couldn't. I couldn't really make it out. But uh, yeah, I don't. I I think I said something like "Take me to Atlanta" or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Hey, don't get ahead of yourself now. I know. I know. I just it's a hype thing. You get it. You get it. I get, get it. it. I get it. I think it was something along the lines of like I do this, wa- yeah. watch me do this, I do this. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I could <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> um, so 
so yeah, leading into that, leading into our series coming up here, Ryan. Um, I mean, let, let's just call a spade a spade here. It wasn't the Predators' uh, finest series the first time we we right. we met. So, how do you guys plan to get up? That being the Predators for that series coming up. Um, I mean, we just got to kind of rework everything that we had. Um, first time we uh, played against you guys, we were kind of waiting for RJ to throw strikes. We were kind of, you know, thinking, you know, he's too young to be out there. He's too young to, you know, you know, go out there and uh, be consistent. So we were kind of playing to that and playing to that just hurt us really bad. We found ourselves in 0-2 counts, 1-2 counts all day, no offense at all. And um, I mean, that's kind of what we can't, we, we can't do that this time. So I think our approach is going to be much more aggressive. I'll give you that, Jack. You can know that going into the series. But yeah, I mean, I, I expected as much. Yeah. Other than that. Um, you know, I can, I, I feel pretty comfortable, uh, facing most of those guys in the lineup, especially you, Jack. So, um, mm. you know, it's just, uh, just staying to oh. staying true. Oh, some fighting words there. I don't know. It's always fun going up against you, Ryan. I've, I've watched. Oh yeah. I mean, Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. I like it. I've always, I've all... psychological warfare you're seeing right now from <laughs> man to man via TV, via zoom. <laughs> right. That's right. I mean, I've definitely grown up in this league. Like all of us have, but um you were in this league well before i was and so i've watched you grow up through this league too and it's it's always a pleasure going up against you so yeah, no, i love i love playing against you especially wait. as a former teammate just a couple Absolutely. gentlemen just a couple gentlemen squaring yeah. off yeah on a gentlemen. fall sunday but all right. all right ryan well let's get into the comment of the week here and i actually want to ask you about this specifically but this week's comment of the week i selected is from bird gang six and he says I've been a full-time fan for three years, and I think this is probably the greatest series I've ever watched. Three straight walk-offs. Ryan, was this the greatest series that you can recall in MLW, or at least in your own personal career? I, I do think it was, personally. Um, at least that I've played in. Um, there's been a lot of really good series in MLW, and um, it kind of always works out like that. I'm sure you guys have noticed it, too, that, like, um, you know, the way sports work out is where something like that will happen where, you know, like a game one walk off or a game two walk off, especially in wiffle ball, you know, it happens a lot more than baseball. So, um, but as far as that goes, I think this one and I think it was like the 2020 ALCS, maybe when also we the Wildcats. Wildcats. Yeah. And they beat us. Kyle that references that one all the time. Yeah. I wasn't there for that one. I mean, this was definitely my favorite uh, series in that category, especially, you know, because we won. Fair. I, I, I like I said, yeah. I think it's definitely in the conversation. Has to be. I said especially for postseason series, it's gotta be in the conversation. And definitely. there has never been a three walk off home run series before either yeah. in the postseason. So um, I mean we've been pretty spoiled thus far with the first two postseason yeah. oh, absolutely. series. They've been great series. The so upset of the decade in Wiffle Wall and yeah. then a three straight walk off home run series. I mean, I don't think very many people picked the Wildcats in that series. So yeah. I don't think it was like a surprise from the result, but just how competitive it was, was definitely very, very impressive. Definitely very fun to watch. Yeah. So far. So what, yeah, me, Jack and Jimmy all went D backs. All got that wrong. We all yep. did go pred. So we, we fixed our, yeah, we're there. We're there. We're one and one, but I, once again, I'm pretty happy with my predictions. I think that it was more competitive than most people thought it would be. But at the end of the day, the preds prevailed. And I'm excited to see this Preds Magic matchup. I uh, I don't really know what to expect. I don't remember what I said in that last pod a couple weeks ago there. But I think this one could go a lot of different ways. 
I do say the Preds are a mental team. I don't think they're very mentally strong against the Magic. That's what I said. I said I mm-hmm. don't think they're mentally strong against the Magic. Therefore, I picked you guys. Mm-hmm. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. Ryan, you're playing some of the best football I've seen right now. Probably one of the hottest players besides Robles. You two are on fire. So, wish you the best of luck. You and your Muzzy, whether the Muzzy's there or not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I hope for some good whiffs. We can't complain when it's good whiffs. That's what I'm hoping for. Right. Exactly. exactly. You guys chomping at the bit, ready to go? I'm, I'm slobbering. I'm drooling. Were you okay? What was the feedback from the team when they heard it was Preds and not Cats coming out? We wanted the Preds. Okay, uh, we wanted the Preds. I mean, you know, Jackson made a comment that um, Jackson Pearson or Liam Jackson. <laughs> Jackson Pearson <laughs> made a comment at the end of the video that he he felt that the Wildcats were still the best team in the AL, which is funny because I feel like if you asked maybe any of the teams other than the Cobras who didn't make the playoffs, they'd probably say that yeah. about their team. Um, so we were, we were happy that we, we drew the Preds. It, it was obviously, uh, um, and I guess, I don't know if easier is the right word, but it wasn't as competitive of a series for us against the Preds as it was the Wildcats. Um, I don't really think that like we necessarily match up better against the Preds or the Wildcats too much, but, um, I don't think we got the Preds best effort that day or just best performance that day. So uh, we wanted them again. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, guys, two weeks from last Friday, so it'll be the 27th of October is that ALCS, two days prior to the World Series in Atlanta. So I'll tell you guys the matchup, and thank you guys so much for buying tickets to that already. If you have, if you have not, the link is in the description below to go to Atlanta. One of these two guys will be there, whether it's Ryan, whether it's Jack, and I got a 50-50 shot as well. That'll be this Friday, the NLCS. So, Best time of the year for wiffle ball. And I uh, hope you guys are enjoying it every step of the way along with us. So without further ado, Jimmy Norp loves biscuits and gravy in the morning. We will see you all next Tuesday. I mean, it's absolutely unreal that you didn't say anything to me, Tom. Wait, well, you, you, were, you, you weren't on the call yet, technically. You were, No, you were 15 minutes from me this weekend. Oh, I, honestly, dude, I don't even know where Alma no, is. On no, the, don't even. I don't, don't even, even know where Alma is in the map, dude. I don't even know. <laughs> you drove through Alma to get there. I, I, I don't even know where Alma I, is. On that the wasn't map. meant to be an insult. <laughs> just say I don't know. Nobody knows where, where you are. That. That's what I'm I thought you were do. down. Like I thought you were down. Like here. No, to be honest. No, I'm right under Mount Pleasant. Okay, well, good to know. The next time I never go back there. Um, <laughs> <laughs>